uh, are you gonna just? Are you really? All right, we're taking these away. <laughs> it's just some ASMR. Uh, <laughs> I can see that being a thing. Uh, I was it to say? People love this noise. CCE Tallman's channel. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Hey, welcome to episode four of the thirteenth floor. That mm. rhymed. Man, we're already there. Yep. There as in much further than I ever thought we'd make it. True. <laughs> mm. How have you guys been today? Not as good as you since you're still eating. <laughs> These Dove almonds dusted with cinnamon are seriously like the best thing I've ever eaten. Oh, man. Brought to you by Dove. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I was like, we need to get their endorsement. <laughs> not brought to you by Dove. No, not, not I wish. If Dove's listening and wants to send me some more almonds, I will <laughs> happily accept them. Okay. Well, I guess today we're talking about time travel. Yep. You think so? Yeah, I think we're talking about time travel. Oh, I didn't prep for time travel. Oh no. <laughs> okay. This is awful. This is this is something. Let's start over. No, I think we're good. <laughs> okay. I think we're good. We just gotta push through it. Okay. Awkward beginnings are just a part of life. Okay. It's like meeting a stranger. Everyone's listening. Everyone loves us. People are filing yeah. out the doors in the back, find, <laughs> finding their emergency <laughs> exits. So, yeah, we're doing time travel this time, and this is will be one of our first episodes on time travel. We'll do some more later on, but this is more of a primer. It's an introductory lesson to time travel. Yeah, just some fun theories, events that have happened to people, and kind of an explanation in general of time travel and what you can and can't do. Yeah, time travel really trips me out, so I can't wait to hear you guys talk about time travel. (laughs) I have a fun personal time travel anecdote. We'll save that for the very end. So James is going to start us off with just a general introduction to time travel. James, please teach me about time travel. Okay, gladly. Um, Yeah, fewer things annoy me more when people are discussing time travel and it's immediately addressed as a conspiracy theory or an impossibility. And what's most annoying about that is Time travel is not a theory. It's an observable fact. We're traveling through time right now. When people are criticizing the idea of time travel, it's because they're thinking of traveling backwards in time or traveling forwards at a rate that would be observably different from from the normal expectations of the way that time moves. That's, That's really what people mean. As far as the actual movement through time, and even that, it it becomes kind of a debatable term. At at that point, it's like the semantics just fall apart, because in a lot of respects, time as a concept doesn't exist as an abstraction. It's It's more like a location. There's a reason why modern physicists call reality, observable, measurable reality, space time. They don't say space and time. They don't say space, and then sometimes they mention time. It's space-time. It's a single thing. And I'll give you a great example of this. Uh, let's, let's just jump into the four dimensions to understand time and time travel a little better. If you were meeting someone, you know, you had an important meeting with another individual, 
what would you tell them? Just t- give me a hypothetical. Just say, you know, I we're going to meet and give me some info. One of you. Uh, Cece, go for it. Okay, James, we're going to meet at 4.30 at McDonald's. Uh, see, immediately, the first thing you said, you didn't mention a location first, except you kind of did. And that's the whole point. That's the whole reason I brought this up. Nobody would even think of asking someone to meet somewhere without mentioning a time. And that's because time is a place. It's a factor. Like, for example, if you said McDonald's, well, how do I know what McDonald's? It, you, you just assume that I, I, I'm going to the one that I know about. But whenever you say that, whenever you say, meet me at McDonald's, what you really mean is meet me at this longitude where it intersects with this latitude. And if stories become an issue, you know, like 11th floor, ooh, 13th floor, uh, <laughs> then, <laughs> then a third dimension, altitude, becomes a factor. And nobody even thinks about time as being a place. But it absolutely is. McDonald's on the second floor of a building on the you know latitude 40 degrees west, 30 north or what have you, the time, if it's a 430, that's a different place. That's a different location in space time. It's not the same little spot in the universe as 7 a.m. McDonald's, same latitude, longitude and altitude. So we travel easily across two dimensions. Latitude and longitude. longitude. We we travel easily through those two dimensions. Altitude's a little bit of a stretch. We can walk up hills. We can swim deep. If we have the right inventions, we can fly. But altitude's a little more challenging. But time—that's the one dimension that we have no real agency over. We can't. Uh, whenever I whenever I move forward in time, I move at a rate that's really beyond my own uh, abilities. It's just like uh, when the clock's ticking, it's ticking the same for me as it is for you guys, generally speaking. But and this is the big but. This is the flipping Kardashian butt right here. <laughs> we, the further you are away from gravity, at least according to Einstein and, and modern physics, you know, believes this. The further you are from a source of gravity, the slower time moves. So in that sense, I could I can I can travel through time at a slower rate than both of you if I wanted to. All I'd have to do is go to the Alps. And I, I could be traveling forward in time, same as you guys, but at a little bit slower increment, like a fraction of a second slower than you guys. So and I would go Huh? Uh, a good illustration for this, for people who were kind of wanting to dig into it more, is the movie Interstellar. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea, yeah. It lays out all of this and shows you how fast time can uh, speed up based on the effects of gravity. It's pretty cool. Exactly, yeah. Einstein even, he had like a little, I think it was Einstein, he had like a little anecdote about that, about an astronaut who goes to space and he has a twin brother, and then when he gets back, of course, his twin brother is flipping ancient, and everyone he knows is old. It's it's almost like the end of uh, Captain America, except <laughs> instead of being frozen, he simply spent a, for him, very short period of time in space. And, and that, that goes to show you that time travel is completely, observably, demonstrably true. It's something that we know happens. The issue is, how could someone move backward? in time. That's where things become a little iffy. And then, of course, you also have to deal with different ramifications, which I know that you'll get into in a little bit. 
Alex, as far as that goes. But the big issue about time travel as, a, as an idea is the problem that people have wrapping their heads around is because they think of time as like this stream, like in the movies, you know, you go through like a, a wormhole or something and you see all these events and then you jump in and, and you end up in a different uh, period in time. And, and it, it, you even see it in movies. They say it's the cliche. You could probably finish this for me, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. So there's no confusion, but whenever people travel in time, in any kind of show or film, where are we? Don't you mean when are we? Every <laughs> single time. But here's the thing: where are we is accurate because, as I've said, it's a dimension. It's one of the four means in which we determine where, not when, something takes place. So it's just as much accurate to say where are we as when are we. And you could e equally, because time does move differently depending on where you are the further you are from gravity you could just as easily say when are we when you're talking about location when you're talking about the other three dimensions hmm. so yeah something to think about the only issue here is the second law of thermodynamics so that's the real obstacle and by, by that what i mean is the universe is in an ordered state okay that makes okay. sense right there's entropy but generally speaking the universe is in an ordered state if you were to move backwards, you would have to somehow add excess entropy or, or, or completely disorder that layout. And that becomes the big question. If we could move backwards, what kind of effect would it have on the physical nature of the universe? What, what kind of heat would be generated? What would happen to matter in, in that general vicinity? It, it it leaves a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, that being said, time travel as an idea, that's really the thing to take home here. As an idea, time travel absolutely exists. Time is simply one of the four dimensions. We can traverse it just as easily as we can traverse the other three in that sense. The question is, can we go backwards? And that that's where things become a lot harder to define. Hmm. My, yeah. my brain hurts already. <laughs> well, but it's pretty cool. I guess I never really thought about time travel being a fourth dimension. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So whenever someone references, and we'll probably get into this in future episodes, like a fourth dimensional being, that's a being that can just go wherever they want throughout time and space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is according to some theories, there are 11 dimensions to reality. Uh, string theory, if I remember right, posits that there are 11 dimensions, not four and in that sense, we can't comprehend those dimensions. We can't see them. So in that regard, if we could see time the way we see everything else, like think of a line. Okay, that's one dimensional. Now think of a square. That's two dimensional. Now think of a cube. That's three dimensional. Now think of an endless progression of cubes stretching out into the infinite. You know, kind of think of uh, the way animation looks. Like if you take all the cells and you swipe them out like a deck of cards and you see every little motion, that would be what it would be like to watch the fourth dimension unfold. You could actually see every little progression like a frame, like a photograph. And if you could traverse anywhere you wanted, it would almost be like walking up to one of those frames and inserting yourself into it, I guess. Yeah. That's uh, at least how I would imagine it would, it would, uh, the experience would be like. The way I've always pictured it is I've always used 
video games for the ex- explanation for dimensions. So old older video games two are uh, two dimensional. Two D. Oh, I got Go you. left or right. You can jump up or down. Right. And then when you go into three D space, you have all these other directions you can go. You can climb. You can go down. But then, what would be the dimension above that? So you try to think what would be something more in depth than three dimensions. Right. You can't, you and, can't and think of it. We can't because we're 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 four dimensional creatures, and the way we observe our reality is in three dimensions. It's kind of like explaining color to somebody who's never seen it before. Exactly, and and that begs the question. You know, uh, a kid with an ant farm. Those ants are not aware, that kid. <laughs> Safe to say. <laughs> if there are beings in that are capable of understanding the fourth dimension the way we understand the other three, we would, we would not be aware of their existence. In fact, they would be, by human reckoning, deities. That, that might even be what a deity <laughs> is. It's just a fourth dimensional being, or fifth, or sixth, or eleventh dimensional being. Damn. Yeah, but so you're you are saying it's possible now. Do you think it's possible to travel back? That's the real million dollar question. I think that it's possible on paper, but I just don't think humans will ever get to that state simply because we would see evidence of it, which is really where you're about to to take off. Yeah, yeah, and you may not see evidence of it. Well, you know, take it away because I'm 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 done as far as I can tell. <laughs> okay, so I'm kind of covering the opposite of James. I'm covering paradoxes. But the funny thing is, is that this might be like the one topic that I'm like, I think this is going to happen. <laughs> 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 All right. So I got time travel paradoxes. And these things are so complex that I was thinking I might have to go get a PhD before I could talk about it. Hmm. Like, like these things are blowing. I, they're all things that I'm familiar with. But then when I try to write it out, in, in a way that's comprehensible, my head starts to hurt. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but I guess what I should first do is maybe break down the word paradox. Because it's paradoxes are so complex just to begin with. And the whole point of them is that they don't make a whole lot of sense. So according to a website of some sort that I found online, we'll call it <laughs> dictionary.com. Um, <laughs> it's a, a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. But honestly, most of these are, there's not really a way to prove them because they're almost a chicken and egg scenario, except for way more implausible because I think they already determined the egg came first, right? Yes. Have. (laughs) Yes, I thought so. I I got a whole video on that on Leosophy, which I'm, Shamelessly plugging since you brought up the chicken and the egg. <laughs> yeah, so I believe the uh, the egg came first. So paradoxes are essentially this thing that d- doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I always think of a paradox as a logical impossibility. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm not gonna say dumb it down because I'm trying to talk in a way for me to understand too. <laughs> and feel free to jump in because I feel like I can field some questions pretty well. So if if you don't understand something, feel free to jump in. So I'm not going to be disapproving time travel, but I'm going to be saying here are some theoretical possibilities as to why you couldn't do certain things if you time traveled. So if you did time travel, chances are 
according to some of these theories, you wouldn't even be able to do anything. You you just have to observe and get out of there. Uh, like, uh, shoot, a Christmas carol, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even a... Oh, why am I blanking? It's like, it's like one of the best time travel stories of all time where he steps on the butterfly. Oh, uh, the butterfly effect? Is that what the story is actually called? I'm not talking... Mm-hmm. About, I'm worried we're all going to go down to the Ashton Kutcher movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Steps on a butterfly. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll remember it here in a little bit. Oh, The Sound of Thunder. Or I a have sound never of thunder. seen that. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a short story that they made into a movie that's not very good. But, uh, yeah, Sounds of Thunder was a really good illustration of that. Interesting. Okay, so I guess picture this. Time is a linear thing. Everything has a beginning and end. Yes. And it has a definable point of origin. So if someone uh, builds a computer themselves, we know when they did it, right? If someone right. builds the Terminator, <laughs> we know hmm. when they built it, right? We do. Yeah. Well, time, time travel paradoxes is when time goes from this linear thing that even if we could go back through becomes more of like a, I guess more of a circle or a loop, at least according to the predestination theory or the causal loop theory. So time's a straight line and then picture a loved one dies and you create a time machine to save them. So say a car hits them. Okay. Okay. So, you create this time machine to go back to prevent that car from hitting them. Well, according to the causal loop theory, you trying to go back and save them, you could be the reason that they died to begin with. Uh, I see. So you go back in time, a car hits your loved one. So maybe in order to get their attention to where you think the car is going to be, you shout their name. Well, maybe you distract them. And they get hit by a car that they would have seen otherwise. I see. So the motivation to travel through time is caused by the act of traveling right. through time. So it's it's very possible that you could have been driving the car in a hit and run, maybe, that hit your loved one and killed them. Now, that's why I didn't use that you're driving the car that hit them, because I figured Cece's got this look on her face like, what the hell? I am so confused okay so we'll, we'll leave that we'll leave that part of it alone but you could be so say you try to distract your loved one by saying hey let's go meet here instead mcdonald's at 4 30 mcdonald's at 4 30 mm-hmm. it could be that that act is what actually caused them to be hit to begin with right okay. and, and so you had always existed, existed. so it's that's why it's called a causal loop okay that makes sense it keeps happening and so every time you travel back in time, it keeps happening over and over. And there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. All right. Huh. Kind of goes hand in hand with uh, quantum free will. Everything's already sort of been set in motion thanks to the Big Bang. And so if we were to travel in time, it would simply be a part of that cause and effect rather than, than us putting any agency over the universe by traveling through time. Yeah. And and another thing that's kind of related to this, it's a little bit of a different theory. I believe it's called the bootstrap theory. But mm-hmm. the bootstrap theory is think of Terminator. This okay. is the this was the best uh, explanation I could find. Think of the Terminator. Okay. So they go all the way to the future. I want to talk about the T eight hundred because I want to get into John Connor and all that BS. So okay. they build the robot and they send it back. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So if that robot prevents the end of the world, how does that robot exist? Right. It doesn't have an origin point anymore. Right. Because it's wiped out of existence. Yeah. So how does that thing exist? But usually Terminator, it just keeps going. Right. And so the end, the end still finds a way to come. Well, it's like a variation of the most famous paradox, probably the grandfather paradox, which have you heard of the grandfather paradox, Alex? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the ones I'm getting ready to go into. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. All right. No, no, you're Excuse good, you're me. good. But but it's it's also a variation of uh, if anyone's ever seen the Time Traveler, the guy oh, goes yeah. back to save his wife, and he keeps saving her, but she keeps dying in different ways. Right. And that's kind of a variation on it, where it's not the same event unfolding every time, but the same ending outcome, is happening. Yeah. yeah, the same outcome yeah. is inevitable. Einstein's Gate, gotta bring yes, up Stein's Gate. Gate. Oh, oh man, so good. If anyone wants to watch and learn a lot about time travel, you should watch Steins Gate. Yeah. It's it, they they describe it better than I've ever seen time travel described. They explain it. It's it's so good. It's so good. Um All right. And then here we go. I was going to go to the grandfather paradox now. And there's two, there's kind of two of them, but we're going to stick with them. Well, we're going to do both of them, but they're, the okay. second one's easy. So, Grandfather Paradox, I guess, would be best described as the universe's will is how it's going to be. It's going to do what it wants to do in terms of the timeline is set. Even if you go back in time, the timeline is set. So, the Grandfather Paradox is kind of like, you find out that your grandfather, his actions caused the death of millions. And you go back to kill him. Right. Well, by killing him. You wouldn't exist. You wouldn't exist. So you walk up to him and you have a gun and you go to shoot him. It misfires. And it keeps misfiring as you pull the trigger. You pull the gun away from him and fire and it fires the bullet. So the grandfather paradox is essentially that anything you try to do to someone that would erase your existence would be impossible. You could you could push him, you could knock him over, but you couldn't do anything that would kill him. Okay. Because it would it would change the timeline and wipe you out. And so the you can think about it as the universe saying, This is what's gonna happen. He's gonna dismiss you as a crazy person. You'll probably be arrested by the cops. You know, but you will not be able to kill him. I see. What's that, the other the the other one is that, and that's if the timeline is more of the straight line, like we were talking about. Right. Uh, now the other one is the multi-universe hypothesis. This this one, uh, I actually tend to believe this one a little bit more. I like this one. So okay. essentially, it's not a straight line anymore. There's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of lines. You you go, you travel back in time, and you walk up to your grandfather, you pull the trigger, and you kill him. But you still right. exist. A lot of them think that this could happen because you've by going back in time, you actually go to a different universe. Uh, okay. So you're not even actually killing your grandfather. I see. I mean, you are right <laughs> in a in a way, but you're killing a different version of you's grandfather, and you're changing that history, not even changing your own history. And then the big question is, how would you even get back? Well, that's what right. I was going to ask. How would you know that you're back in your correct time? I don't right. think there'd be a way of telling, yeah, oddly enough. That reminds me of Rick and Morty, all the Ricks yeah. and Mortys. 
It's funny. You were talking about a loop version of a paradox earlier. The way I've heard the grandfather paradox actually merges those two ideas, the loop and the first version that you mentioned, which is our second rather, which is instead of multiple dimensions uh, being created or timelines, what happens is you go back in time, you kill your grandfather, which means that you don't exist. So you don't exist, which means your grandfather doesn't get killed which means he produces you, which means you go back in time and kill your grandfather. But that means you see how it works. It's just back and forth, back and forth, (laughs) back and forth forever. I guess they are pretty similar. Yeah. But yeah, this one, from everything I read, that's what the grandfather paradox is, is that you cannot kill your grandfather. Hmm. And so I just thought it was cool that anything you do, he's pretty much going to be invincible to you, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was pretty cool. And that, and that kind of ties into another theory about like, uh, Killing somebody, like going back in time and killing somebody like Hitler. Mm-hmm. Well, you may not be able to do that because by killing him, you may not even exist. Because right. he has had such an enormous influence on the world that, you know, such a catastrophic thing that he did could actually wipe you out of existence. And if you killed him, then how would you go back and kill someone you don't know about? I thought those were the most interesting. There's so many theories oh, yeah. out there. Uh, but these were some of my favorite ones. And I, I could probably get into some more on future podcasts. But what do you think, Cece? Do you think you understood any of that? Yeah, I think I understood it. Because if you didn't, then... Nobody else I, will. Yeah, and I, I don't want... Well, <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes sense. I just don't want our listeners to be just completely baffled. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. that That's all I got for mine. Okay. Are you, are you okay over oh, there? God, I'm nervous now. <laughs> so I, as I've mentioned many times, I cannot wrap my head around time. Time confuses me. So I tried to research something that I could actually wrap my head around, and that is people who have claimed that they have experienced time travel in a sense. So I researched something called time slips. Do you guys know what time slips are? Uh, I think I've heard of it, but you know, I think it may have been you telling me about it. Yeah, probably. Same. Yeah. Uh, time slips occur when someone travels to another period of time. Okay, that's easy. And it could be the past. It could be the future. But time slips are often used as plot devices in literature and film, most notably science fiction. So we've oh. all seen movies. We've all read books about time travel. But could time slips happen in real life? So, real quick, when you say time slips, are you saying like somebody's walking down the street and then suddenly they're in a different time? That is how most people have claimed to have experienced it. These aren't stories of people who reportedly built a time machine and went back to 1934. These are people who um, experienced it when they weren't expecting it, weren't trying to go back in time. Can you imagine experiencing a time slip? Yeah, that would be crazy. I would love to. Of course, with my luck, I'd probably step and I'd just like see dinosaurs. Oh, cool. And then get eaten by a raptor before I make it back. Probably. <laughs> well, most of the cases of time slips that I'm about to talk about are basically urban legends. Because obviously, it's very difficult to verify that anybody has actually stepped back in time. Because it's just right. them saying, hey, I blinked and all of a sudden I was in 1942. So there's no way to actually verify that. But I'm going to talk about some of the most famous time slips. 
The first being an incident called the Moberly Jordan incident. Have either of you guys ever heard of this? No. Nope. Okay, well, buckle your seatbelts. It's going <laughs> to get fun. <laughs> Okay, so this time slip allegedly happened back on August 10th, 1901. And by the way, I got most of my information from Wikipedia, the best site in the whole entire world. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Wikipedia. Donate to it because it's very, very helpful. Okay, so (laughs) 118 years ago, way back in 1901, two English women named Charlotte Ann Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain were visiting the Palace of Versailles in France. Okay. The Palace of Versailles is beautiful, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, no, they thought it was way boring. Okay. Oh. So they're just walking around. They're like, oh, this is so dull. How about we go do something fun? So they decided they were going to tour the gardens. And they specifically wanted to visit a place on the property called the Petit Trianon, which I don't speak French, so I hope I said that right. Hmm. So here they are walking along trying to find this little manor on the property when they claim something very strange happened. So they're just walking around, minding their own business, and all of a sudden they say the atmosphere felt different. Everything looked kind of flat and dull. And as they walked along, they say they started running into people wearing odd clothing, period-type clothing, that was not normal for the year 1901. So they start seeing all these strange people. They say one of the men that they saw was disgusting. He had a pockmarked face and he was gross. But then they also claim, well, not they – Moberly claims that she witnessed a young Marie Antoinette sketching in a sketchbook. Oh, how convenient. Yes. Moberly says she saw this. Jourdain says she did not see Marie Antoinette. So I am going to just put that out there. But anyway, the women believe that they had traveled back to the uh, French Revolution uh, just before then. Mm -hmm. And from what they kind of thought up was that they had been to the uh, 1790s. Oh, okay. If you're going to travel, I can kind of see that being the case because it was the most bloody period in history. Well, not the most, but it was a real rough time. And if time's relative based on perception and the way we experience time has an influence on, you know, where we go in, in regard to the way that time moves forward, then it stands to reason that if you were going somewhere, it would be a place where, emotional intensity is going to have an enormous effect on that era. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And we all know mm-hmm. that, you know, French Revolution is very bloody. Yeah. We all know blood sacrifice is necessary for time travel. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let me get back. On August 10th, 1792 is reportedly when the French Revolution started. That's when everything mm. okay. started to hit the fan in France. But anyways, Moberly and Jordan, they continued to walk around in what they thought was the 1790s. And they eventually found another tour group while they were walking. So I guess things all of a sudden snapped back into the present day. So Moberly and Jordan, after this happened, they didn't even talk about it for a week. But then they started thinking, oh, that was kind of weird. I'm going to ask Jordan if she saw anything strange. And so they kind of talked to each other and they're like, you know what? We experienced something paranormal. And so, naturally, they decided to write a book about it. As you do. Yes. It's called uh, An Adventure, and you can find it on Amazon, $9 for a paperback. Or if you got the money money, you can spend $430 for the hardback. (laughs) So, anyways. um, Good Lord. (laughs) Yeah. And when they told their story, it kind of became a big hit. It was a sensation. Everyone was talking about it. 
Because it's like, did these people really travel back to the, you know, time of the French Revolution? Who knows? But there are some possible explanations for what had occurred. One of them was that they, and these are all kind of thought of by prominent people who study this stuff. Mm -hmm. But one of the first ones, first possible explanation is that they had a joint delusion. A foliado, I don't know how to say it, it's French. Okay. But a shared psychosis where one person's delusion or hallucination is transmitted to the other person. See, this is something I've read a lot about, and I still don't understand, like, mass delusions. Hysteria. Yeah, yeah. like, where, but it, it is a thing where groups, yeah, even large yeah. groups of people see the same thing that isn't there. Right. Yeah. And also, and this is not me trying to be misogynist. <laughs> But it's almost exclusively groups of women. It's very unusual. It's almost like whatever whatever causes women to sink cycles has some sort of uh, they, they can sh- if a woman hallucinates uh, next to another woman, they might share the same hallucination. You know, case in point, the witch trials. Case in point, those three little girls who saw the Virgin Mary in Guadalupe kind of situation. Case in point, bear attacks. Well, women do try to, like, just thinking about a woman's psychology, women try to find similarities between themselves and other people in order to connect with them. Yeah. So, agreed. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that is a possibility of what may have happened. They might have both had a a joint hallucination. Um, Interesting. Another option, they might just be straight up liars. These, yeah, that's, yeah. these are, are two women. I will say that both of them were educated. They were academics. They both had jobs. So they did for the time that this happened, 1901, that is, was pretty important for women back then. They're um, very productive. I was gonna say, 1901, if they had jobs, it's like being double PhD. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> By today's standards. Yeah, they both came from, I believe they came from wealthy families, but Moberly was like a principal or headmaster of a school, wow. and Jordan was her mm-hmm. assistant, I believe. That's pretty cool. So a lot of people think they might have, I don't know, just come up with this idea. But there were there were a lot of inconsistencies between their accounts. If you read their book, which I did not have $430 to drop on a hardback. You didn't want to spend the $9 for <laughs> No. <laughs> no. And apparently, I was reading the reviews of their book, and a lot of people were really peeved that it wasn't really fully translated from French to English. Oh. So I probably wouldn't have been yeah. able to read it anyways. Well, that's because the paperback or the hardback is from 1902. Yeah. Well, yeah. it came. It was published in 1911. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. But there were apparently a lot of inconsistencies between their accounts. They weren't really unified. That I mean, that's that's pretty big problem. The well, fact, yeah, one of them saw Marie Antoinette and one didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was she that's actually huge. there? Who knows? Another thing that could be that they were both simply mistaken about what they were seeing. Talking about the experiences with each other. Which, as I said, didn't happen until a week after it actually happened. They could have simply misremembered things. And then, you know, trying to find similarities so they connect with one another. They might have just been, oh, yeah, I saw I saw a strange man with a pockmarked face. So did I. Like, mm. you know. Yeah, mm. as you do. And the most likely option. And this was a an idea proposed by biographer Philippe Julian. He was writing a biography about a French poet named Robert de Montecuiso. I don't know how to pronounce that either. Monte Cristo. 
Well, he he was a poet. <laughs> he lived near the Palace of Versailles when this happened in 1901, and apparently he was known for throwing big parties on the palace grounds. Sometimes his friends would dress up in period costume. So it may have been a possibility that Moberly and Jourdain happened upon one of these parties. So like they just weren't paying attention and they that they turned and all these people were there. Yeah, they, yeah. It didn't really interesting. It didn't really say whether or not the people just disappeared. It sounds to me when I was reading it that they just continued walking past everything, and then they eventually were back in their time. But God, I don't think they saw just, anybody disappear. What if all of this is because they were just so dumb they didn't realize that these were just people at a party? Yeah, uh, I, I keep thinking of uh, oh shoot, what was that band? Funk, uh, De- uh, you know George Clinton, the funk band back in the day. They they were going on tour and they drove into no joke George A. Romero filming Night of the Living Dead. They drove <laughs> onto the <laughs> of course they didn't know this. This was the first like zombie movie, so they were just like, oh my, like one of them crapped their pants. <laughs> they thought it was real. So maybe this was just like kind of like that kind of situation. It, it could be. So do you guys think that the Moberly Jordan incident actually happened, or do you think it's a bunch of baloney? Baloney. Even though I like the idea of a time slip, that sounds pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not skeptical 100% about time slips, but these two in particular, ladies, and not so much. Yeah, I don't don't really believe it. The fact that there are so many inconsistencies between their stories makes me question the entire thing. Well... And yeah. the fact that there could be a very logical explanation that they happened upon a costume party. Yeah, and the, the <laughs> biggest sticking point for me is one of them recognized a very prominent historical figure, and the other one didn't even see her at all. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, so that is one of probably the most well-known incidences of, well, I'm not going to say well-known, the earliest incident, recorded incident of a time slip. The Moberly Jourdain incident of 1901. So the next one that I'm going to talk about, I just want to touch upon it, is it's not really a specific time slip, but more of a series of time slips on a street called Bold Street in Liverpool, England. Have you guys ever heard of these time slips? No. I think I actually have, but it's been a long time. Yes. Bold Street is, it's a street in Liverpool, England, lined with all these little shops. If you look it up on Google Maps, it it looks like a really great time. I want to go there someday. But it is where dozens of people have reported stepping back into another time. So it's not just one person. It's a whole bunch of people. I have heard of this. Yes. The um, the TV series In Search Of, hosted by Zachary Quinto, great show, highly recommend. They actually covered this, and this is one of the first places that I personally heard of Bold Street, and this is what got me interested in time slips just in general. So if you're looking for more information on time slips and time travel just in general, In Search Of. But Hmm. there have been reportedly dozens of people who have claimed to just be walking down Bold Street. They blink, and all of a sudden they're in a different time era. Trippy. Yeah, it is. I mean... Did they go forward or back? Almost everybody went back. I don't think that there's any cases of people going into the future. But for some reason, most people have claimed to go back to the 1950s or 1960s. But there are a handful Hmm. of people who say that they went back to the 18th or 19th century. So like horse and carriage rolling by, men wearing cravats, women wearing petticoats, Hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Wow. So while I was researching Bold Street, I found a website called Exemplore. Hmm. And it had a couple of stories about people on Bold Street who have reportedly experienced these time slips. And there was one case that I kept finding over and over again on different websites. 
But to me, it seemed like it was copy and paste situation. Like one person copied the story from another website, put it here, put it here, put it here. This is all written very similarly. So take it with a grain of salt. I also could not find a last name for this person who reportedly experienced this time slip. So that was a big problem for me too. But this is this story is about a man named Frank and his lovely wife, Carol. The year is 1996. So imagine the street filled with people listening to Spice Girls on their portable CD players and trying to feed their Tamagotchi so that they don't die of starvation. I love that all of the 90s stuff just crammed into one street conveniently. Tamagotchi, yeah. Spice Girls. Hmm. What? It, the years this happened in 1996. Of course that's what was there. I know. I just <laughs> find it hard to believe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Frank and his wife were going to a bookshop. In some accounts that I read online, it was Dylan's bookshop. Other state was a Waterstones. So who knows? Anyways, at some point, Frank and his wife separate, and they decide to meet back up at this bookshop. So Frank is headed that way when all of a sudden he starts seeing some things that are a bit out of place and out of the ordinary. The bookstore, for instance, was not called Waterstones or Dylan's. It was called Crips. And the cars started looking like they were from a different time. And there was a van that had the name. It was either Cardin's or Kaplan's painted on the side of it. And it looked like it was from a different time. So he starts noticing all these really strange things. He enters Crips, and it's a women's clothing store. Handbags and shoes everywhere. So it should be the bookstore. He walks in. There's a whole bunch of women's stuff inside. He sees a woman dressed in period clothes, but she's carrying a modern purse. So that's a bit strange to him. So all of a sudden, the store instantly changes back to the bookstore, and he grabs the woman because she's still there. He grabs her by her arm and asks her, did you see what just happened? And she says, yeah, I thought that this was a new women's store, but it's books. So, That's Oh, cool. wow. What's most messed up about that is I wonder if when she saw him, if he was dressed in period Well, clothes, we don't have her account, so God only knows. Man, that's cool. Also, it's when cool you're talking about the true. 90s stuff, I was thinking that was the t- time period. He <laughs> no, back no. So I feel like a fool. I figured that that was probably <laughs> the case. But, uh, you can edit that out. I'll, great. I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit it out. No, you won't. You're going to leave yeah, it in yeah. here. Just humiliate me. <laughs> so that was just one of many cases of time slips that happened on Bull Street that I read about. That was the one that I saw almost everywhere. But there were a lot of inconsistencies between the story from different websites. Um, as I said, some people said that the van said Cardin's. Some people said that it was Kaplan's. But Crips and Cardin's slash Kaplan's were all from like the 1940s, 50s, 60s, that era. So people mm-hmm. think that he traveled back to that time. That's cool. Yeah, like if, it's, if it's true, it's cool. But I, I personally... I could not find the last name of Frank, who is supposedly a police officer. A lot of people said police officers don't lie about things like this. He's a fact-oriented person. Hmm. So why would he lie about this? Well, I can't find his last name anywhere. I couldn't find any firsthand accounts from him. So I don't know if it's true. Man, that'd be a great movie, Frank the Time Traveling (laughs) (laughs) So That one's pretty cool, though. Yeah. I like that one better than the other one, but it's also because I, I don't immediately have two people contradicting each other. Yeah. 
But this this one's cool because I guess because other others have experienced it in that same place. Yeah, a lot of other people have ex- have experienced this at the same place. There were a couple other stories that I read. There was one about a thief who was trying to run away from a cop. He ran down an alleyway, and when he turned around, all of a sudden he's seeing you know people in period clothes walking around. He got away from the cop. Apparently, sounds like an insanity plea. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that thief. There was also a woman who went to go buy one of her uh, family members a baby gift and went to the store and was walked in, saw all this really cute, adorable baby clothes and was surprised by how cheap everything was. And so she uh, she tried to buy something. She tried to give them their credit card and they were they just looked at her like she was insane. And they're like, we, we don't take cards. We need cash. And so she left all angry. When she got home, she told her mom, she said, there's this really cute baby clothes store on Bold Street. And her told her mom the name. Mom was like, that place closed like years ago. Hi. That was another case. Also couldn't find any names or any firsthand accounts. So whether it's true or not, I don't know. It's a great story, though. That it is. That <laughs> it is. No, that isn't. But some possible explanations. Why is this one street a hotbed for this activity? I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I'm finding this one more explainable than the other ones. Well, it, they could be straight more up plausible. Plausible. More plausible than the other one. Well, they could. They could just be straight up mm. liars, just like Moberly and Jordan. Mm. It could be one person who said, "Oh, I, you know, Frank says I I went back to the 1950s, and then he gets all this coverage, and then somebody's like, well, you know what? I want to be on TV too. I'm gonna." I'm going to say that I also stepped back to the 1950s and then it should just be a whole bunch of people who were, you know, saying these things for attention. Definitely a good way to get some TV time. You know, not advocating this or saying that's true, but, you know, it, it could be kind of the, you know, I was talking about how human mentality influences uh, how time affects a place. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the opposite uh, Liverpool is. Because, you know, in 1965, Allen Ginsberg, he shows up there and he says, at the present moment, the center of, of consciousness in the human universe is in Liverpool. And, it's, you know, you had all these bands, flipping Beatles were hanging around there at the time, Echo and the Bunny Men, a whole bunch of flipping people. So it's kind of the opposite of the French Revolution. It was like a period. It was like the age of Aquarius kind of stuff. All these creative minds were in that area during the period that some of these people are skipping back to. Huh. Yeah, I think that if I were going to go back in time, that'd be a cool place to go. Well, another possible explanation is magnetic fields. There could be a whole bunch of magnetic oh. fields that kind of affect the way that people are thinking, confuse people. So there's a big metal bridge nearby, which some people claim could have some effect on people's remembering everything. There's also underneath this street is the tube. So it's possible that the electrified rails from this the subway could have had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then apparently Liverpool's also said to be built upon a sandstone bedrock, which was yeah, okay. uh, people say that the magnetic field created by the sandstone bedrock could have some type of effect on the human mind. I feel like that's quite the, I'm more inclined to believe these people are time traveling rather than that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the, that's not a very good explanation just because, uh, with all the waves and stuff we have in the air nowadays, compared to 1996, you think we'd all yeah, be experiencing a exactly. time slip? 
Yeah, that's right up there with uh, swamp gas and weather balloons. <laughs> yeah. You know, the alien shot at me. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> yeah, so, if time slips are real, I guess another thing that I was kind of thinking, and a lot of people, I saw a lot of people trying to explain it as this, but if time slips are indeed real and all of these people, what they're saying is true, they really did step back in time, does that mean that the person is actually transported through time or does it mean that they're just seeing ghosts from another era or are they the ghost in that era? Oh. Yeah. So that kind of, that kind of, I thought that was really interesting. Ooh, ooh, something just occurred to me, like little, little insight here. What if, oh, that's trippy to think (laughs) about. It's like the ghost of Christmas past. It really is. What if like the guy who walked in that store what if in his previous life he walked into that store and he was just remembering his previous life because he was walking those same steps? That's what a lot of people say, like too. It was like a record oh, really? thing. Yeah, it really? could be, it could be people who are kind of remembering their past lives. But uh, I like to think I like to think that he, like, in my brain, if it is true and this actually did happen, I think that he kind of crossed into another, like the multi-universe thing. He crossed into another universe and maybe he was if somebody from 1956 saw him walk into the waterstones or the crypts as it was hmm. then and they saw him was he did he look like a ghost to them did he freak them the cr- right. did he make them poop their pants with fear <laughs> it's like that photograph did you see that uh, time, the hipster time traveler yes, photograph yes like i've i've seen that hipster time traveler photograph yeah, that that's what I was thinking of. Like, what did people think? When Especially if he was wearing like neon '90s stuff. Holy cow, they were probably terrified. Have you have you seen the photo? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's so it's weird. weird. <laughs> it does not belong. It's weird, but I was reading an article about that, and if you haven't seen the photo online, listeners, just search hipster time travel, and it'll you'll be able to find it immediately. But all of the clothes that he is wearing actually can be dated to the 1920s when the photo was taken. Ah, so this, no, 41, we, but yeah. Yeah, okay. whenever it was. Not, not trying to be pedantic. I feel pedantic saying that, but you get the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys could experience a time slip, where and when would you want to go? I want those dinosaurs, man. Mm-hmm. I want to see them. <laughs> I want to see them. <laughs> what about you, James? Ooh, I want to... I want to go back to like where the when the first people were around, kill them, and take their place, and then be the father of all humans. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark, James. Right? Yeah. Let's <laughs> picture James in a loincloth. <laughs> Hi. I know that mine's really lame, but I would want to go back to the day that Disney World opened, so oh. I could see what it looked like when it first opened, because. When I was little, I used to just stay up really late at night and I would watch Vault Disney. Did you guys ever watch Vault Disney? No. I did. Yes. I And I was just obsessed with like the old timey Disney stuff. So I would want to go back to Disney World and see what it was like when it first opened. That's cool. I, I was going to say, I actually, if I didn't get to go see dinosaurs, I would like to go back in time with like a, an iPad or something. And show like a uh, show like an Avengers movie to like Benjamin Franklin, and make him think that it's real. 
<laughs> oh my god! I just want to, I just want to screw with people from history and show them like all these movies that are like unfathomable to them, like because like, all that stuff's gonna look real to them, all of it. Right. So if I show it to them, they're gonna believe me. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my they god! They would probably give up what they were doing, and the world would be. Would Why would be, they give up? They'd be striving. Or, or I was going to say, like maybe that's what happened. It, it goes hand in hand with that paradox. Yeah, that so, just means yeah, I want to come Frank back. like, oh man, that Iron Man movie makes me want to fly a kite with a kite. <laughs> what if you actually did it? What if that's the reason? It's possible, according oh, to, the, to the causal loop. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that's all I have about time slips. Oh, man. Uh, so have either of you experienced any time travel yourself? I have not personally. Okay. I've had deja vu. I don't know if that's technically I've time travel, but too. And that but that's something maybe we can dig into another episode. Yeah. But yeah, there's some right. theories behind the real the real meaning of deja vu. What about you, James? Uh, have you ever experienced time travel? I have. And of course I've got no evidence to back this up, but this is just some weird stuff. It, it it always happens with my car, so maybe my car's magic. But uh, <laughs> if I if I drive places, weird stuff happens with time. As you two both know, I am never late for anything. No, you're yes. always like Ever. twenty minutes early, and we're always ten minutes exactly. late. Exactly. <laughs> well, some of that I think has to do with my magic car, uh, because sometimes I'm not kidding. This is this really happens to me sometimes. I will leave at let's say I got a place to be at two thirty. And I've got 20 minutes to get there. So I leave it too, right? I leave it too. I drive and I get there at 158. And it's like, how did I get there before I left? That, that kind of crap happens to me sometimes. Uh, and the weirdest example of this though, period. I mean, this is nuts. One time, it was only a couple of years ago, my watch, the battery had died because I, had, uh, I hadn't worn it forever because who wears a watch anymore? And I found it and I was like, oh man, I got to get a new battery for it because the battery's dead. I know there's good watch people in Nashville and I'm going down there pretty soon. I'll take it with me. And then I leave for Nashville. Nashville's three and a half hour drive for me. I leave at like one. I get there at like two thirty, my time. So it took me like an hour and a half to get to Nashville. So that's weird in and of itself. And when I get there, my watch is working again and it's still ticking right now. Like I'm looking at it right now. It is still ticking. What? happen <laughs> wow yeah i like this explanation for you being on time to everything and it makes me not feel bad for being late to everything yeah <laughs> yeah there you go yeah i mean i'm always early because i'm a time traveler with a magic car <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting james you never told us that before that's pretty yeah it sounds insane because it it kind of is <laughs> you said much worse and i'm sure we'll get to those <laughs> that's true well, cool guys. That's cool. Yeah, man, we know somebody experiences time travel. Yeah, regularly. Yeah, I wish I could control the thing, but oh well. <laughs> That's well, pretty cool. I feel like I actually learned a lot today. I did too. Yeah, me too. Listeners, I hope you learned a lot too. And yeah. if if you guys have had any paranormal time travel experiences, we definitely want to hear about them. Yeah, tweet them to us. Yeah, tweet them to us. Thirteenth floor podcast. You can also email them to us at 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, maybe we'll read some of them. Yes, just send them our way. And our music is called Signals by Grant Cook. Yeah, you can find his music on YouTube Music and Amazon Music. So thanks for listening, guys. Next time, we're going to be talking about 
aquatic monsters. Oh, yeah. So stay tuned to learn a little bit about Nessie. We'll see you next time. <laughs> see y'all later. Oh, wait, yeah. what's, what do we say? We always forget. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's time to go. <laughs> Keep it strange, y'all. Oh, yeah. Keep it strange. Keep it strange. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Don't you mean, when are we?